man, that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today, we have Chris Callahan, the creator of RoboChuck. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me. We're going to be talking today about a tribute to Robin Williams that's going to be in World of Warcraft, uh, Disney's plans with Star Wars DVDs coming out, and then we're going to catch up with Chris later about RoboChuck. But before we do that... Let's jump into recaps. Recaps! All right, Jack, why don't you uh, just jump right in with this Robin Williams WoW tribute. Those of you that don't know, he played World of Warcraft. He was pretty serious about his character, I found out. Uh, He was serious about all, a lot of games, actually. I think Zelda was the other one. He actually named his daughter Zelda. Right. There on changer.org, there ended up going, a petition went up to put a, a character of him in the game, like they have for, what's the... What's the band, Jeff? Um, Elites. Elite, Elite Torn Chieftain. That's it. It's a band that they did a bunch of WoW. I think they'd have their own original music, too. Yep. But they they did a bunch of, like, WoW-based songs that they actually have the band in the game. Like Oh, every, I remember you telling me about this. There's a bar that you can go, and I think at midnight and at noon, Whatever. they'll play a song. Yep. <laughs> so I guess they're going to try and do something like that with uh, Robin Williams with a character based on him. But uh, I guess 24 hours after the petition had gone live, uh, the petition organizer got a message from Blizzard saying that they're going to work on it. No kidding. Yep. That'll be That's awesome. Cool. That's yeah. very cool. I, I'm picturing the guys that have this online bands like trying to pick up a girl or something. Like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I got a gig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a computer game in a fantasy realm. That's <laughs> cool. It's a huge big show. Like, there's all kind of fireworks going off and stuff, and the band comes out and plays the music, and then they're gone. They used to do that in Star Wars Galaxies, too. I don't know if they do it in the Old Republic or not, but you could Man. learn an instrument, and then like you could join a guild with other people who played other instruments, and then you could all play songs together at different cantinas around the galaxy. It was pretty neat. I think Lord of the Rings Online is kind of like that, too. You can download like add-ons to the game that you can actually play music and then get a whole group to go. But with World of Warcraft, you can't play any music. It's just a special thing built into the game for it. Just take that time and learn to play a real guitar, people. That's my <laughs> advice to you. <laughs> but you could be immortalized in a game. But I, am, I definitely want to see... How they make Robin Williams look. I'm sure it'd be pretty cool. I wonder what kind of character he played in the game. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I want to say he was in the Horde, though. Most yeah. people usually That'd are. Be fine, yeah. I would say if they'd had him on there, have him do stand-up after the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, there are cool. some pretty good uh, Robin Williams impersonators out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if they'd actually voice it or if they would just do it in text chat so you just have to read the the stuff probably text check maybe a few like one-liners that pop out here and there yeah i don't know do you ever play wow there chris no no i I don't but that's that's actually really cool i read that thing that he uh i never knew that he actually named his daughter after zelda that's a cool little factoid yeah i love that actually yeah you know the thing that that kind of amazed me about his death, you know, when you have a celebrity death, there's like people usually put on Facebook and it's just, you know, 
sort of paying lip service, but this one really actually seemed like it affected people. Yeah. yeah which was which was kind of interesting. And when you think about it, I mean, not many people have a career like him. It's like no matter what age group you were, like there was some character that you identified it with him, you know, whether yeah. it was that early TV sitcom days, whether it was Genie and Aladdin, there was something that you knew him from that you loved him in. Right. And, you know, the change.org thing is just, you know, another example of that. That's that's so awesome. He was an amazing person, that's for sure. I I don't know, Brooke and I have still been talking about it. I mean, it's been, what, a week today, right? Mm, yeah, as a matter of fact. It's still hard to believe. I have loved so many of his movies. Hook, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Bicentennial Man. You ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a long movie. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that movie. That was a good movie. I don't yeah. know if it did well or not, but I really enjoyed that movie. Anything else on that, Jack? No, that's it. I hope it works. All Me right. too. I do too. I'm sure they'll make it happen in some capacity. All right, moving on. So we had talked about before there being a possibility of Beetlejuice 2 getting made. And it turns out that they're currently working on announcing a release date. So I don't have a release date, but I have. They are thinking of a release date, (laughs) if that makes sense. It's in the back of my mind somewhere. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I guess uh, Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder are going to be replacing their roles, and Tim Burton is coming back for it. So, no Gina or Alec? They Neither of them had commented if they were going to come back or not, but I doubt it. I mean, you know, they, they were ghosts at the, you know, throughout the whole first movie, and then have them reprise their roles. Like, oh, even as a ghost, you can still get old and fat. Yeah, you know? they weren't that... <laughs> That integral in the movie, I guess, to to keep the story going. They were. I mean, Alec Baldwin just looks so freaking different now than what he did in Beetlejuice, you know? Well, Winona would end up growing up, moving out somewhere else probably, but... Well, yeah, but she was still alive. I mean, explain an aging ghost. Oh, I know. That's why there's not really a big reason to keep them in it. Yeah. Yeah, have a new adventure. They'll just CG him. They could do it. They could. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love Beetlejuice. But anyway... Keep an eye out for that. Uh, I guess the new script is being written by Seth Graham Smith, who is the screenwriter. So Nothing to do with surfboards in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was the original concept in the early 90s for uh. the sequel to Beetlejuice. Uh. Beetlejuice Goes yeah. Hawaiian or something like that. What? Yeah. That's I don't horrible. think you were on the show yet before we talked about that. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone could see the look on your face right now. It's priceless. It's just like you ate a turd. <laughs> Still in my mouth. That's like that. That is so this like product of a studio executive idea. I mean, that's like Poochie in a movie form. <laughs> oh my god. People had a lot less dignity about what they were putting in the movie theaters oh, yeah. back then, and. I mean, there were some shitty movies to come out. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, the Weekend at Bernie sequels. Ooh. Yeah. Even though those were 80s, but I think the third one came out in the 90s. I like the second one. Oh, man. What about all the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, man? Man, I still like Dream Warriors. What? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Dream Warriors. (laughs) How fucking awful. Anything else on Beetlejuice? You guys have anything to say? We'll see. We will see indeed. Well, I guess that's going to do it for recaps. Oh, you know what? We got to fix that little whoops on about a White Castle and Spider-Man that oh, we said last shit. week. Oh, shit. Yeah. Good call. In case there's people getting pissed because they're buying Crave cases and not getting coupons for the movie. <laughs> I was about to be one of them. My happy ass was getting in the car to go to White Castle. I, I felt like, so bad. <laughs> it's like going to have me some burgers, diarrhea, and a new movie tonight. <laughs> I would have just had burgers and diarrhea. Turns out it's only a coupon if you order a Crave case online. Get $5 off. Why they're plastering Spider-Man all over this promotion is beyond nah. me because it has nothing to do with him. I can see why you would think that, honestly, but... Uh, yeah. You don't know White Castle, do you, Chris? Oh, no, I grew up in Detroit, so right oh, now... okay. <laughs> all right. He knows White Castle. Yeah. I can't even pull, like, a Harold and Kumar. Like, I got to get on a plane to get White yeah. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's bad news. Oh. Actually, when they had when Harold and Kumar came out here, like they had, you know, they actually had a White Castle's hamburger stand, and it was like a complete riot. Everybody wanted their new movie and diarrhea, as you said. <laughs> I know they got the frozen ones out there. Oh, oh, no, 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 they're not the same. They don't have the pickle. Yeah, yeah. frozen yeah, White Castle. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can buy four packs, four or six packs. I oh, you I mean have. like at the supermarket? Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant yeah. like a, that. That's how it was served. It's like, like ice cream. It's like fucking gross. So hot in California, <laughs> you get frozen hamburgers instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only take a, a you know a minute to uh, to nuke, so you really got to have the crave to go out it frozen. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in California comparable to White Castle? I mean, like that sells uh, sliders like that? No, nothing that destroys your uh, your stomach like that. <laughs> But uh, we do got in and out and stuff. So, you know, there's kind of a trade off. So we do get, you know, some of the other. I've been to an in and out. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, in and out is pretty good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else recap wise then? Nope, that's it. That'll do it for recaps. Recap it. And let's go into the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Jack, you have something on the Expendables. Yes. Expendables came out this past weekend and it flopped. Well, I guess it kind of flopped. (laughs) But I guess they're already working on or trying to work on a four and five. Expendables four and five. Uh, They just don't care what the ratings are at this point. They're just having fun. (laughs) I just, who else are you going to get for these movies? Because they seem to, you've got a list. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to get more extreme than pulling Kelsey Grammer into the list of badass. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Braveheart. Mel Gibson? Gibson? Mel Gibson, yeah. Well, he did action stuff, though, didn't he? Oh, yeah, but there's more action people in here that... Okay. Who is it? Uh, This one's confirmed. I guess they tried to get him to do it before, but he wanted to just do it. The movie with Sylvester Stallone. He didn't want to do a whole seven people and be in screen for like five minutes and that's it. But uh, Jackie Chan, he's confirmed. Oh, God. Also, uh, Pierce Brosnan, he wants to be in it. Oh, okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. I want to see the November Man. That looks kind of good. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it'll be cliche, but I don't know. I like that stuff. Anyway. Probably won't wear a tux in it. I don't know if he's still allowed to not. He's not allowed to wear a tux. He wasn't supposed to. Really? Because he was James Bond. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to wear a tux in any movie. This one would consider it if he was a villain, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, I can see that. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Hulk Hogan. They've teased his name. <laughs> okay. Uh, Steven Seagal, which oh, I'm God. surprised he hasn't been yet. Yeah, no kidding. I think they'd want to, from what I read, I, uh, they want to get him as a villain too, the antagonist in it. Okay. Maybe if we clap, he'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is Bob De Niro. Really? Yeah. Wow. He would be good too. Mm hmm. So they could keep going. Wow. That's it. What yeah, about was Wesley Snipes in the newest one? Yeah. Okay, good. Because that was one person that I thought, why isn't he in there? I later found out it's because he was in jail. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> don't like oh. to pay them taxes. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I was like, oh, that's where you've been. Okay. Are you Expendables fan there, Chris? Uh, I caught the first one. I missed the uh, the last ones, but you I'll catch up. It's uh, it's more of a more of a Saturday night when I want to catch up and just laugh at the TV kind of thing. <laughs> exactly, the they're like the epitome of what a man should be. Like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone educating every man in America. This I love how you be a man. The second one. That line was he so, was awesome. It was funny, but it was so fucking cheesy. It's like. <laughs> I got bit by a rattlesnake, and after three agonizing days of pain, <laughs> the, the snake, snake died. died. It's like, give me a fucking break. Are you serious? <laughs> it's a Chuck Norris joke. But that was a Chuck Norris joke. <laughs> you still had to laugh. And you also got when uh, Arnold, anytime Arnold came onto screen, they do the Terminator. The Terminator like, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. dun. I'm back. Like, shit, really? <laughs> you can do better than that. Come on. They start having fun with it. That's just getting lazy. <laughs> anyway, anything else on that? Nope, uh, I guess they were planning on, if it if it does happen, they're going to start planning on shooting uh, Expendables 4 here pretty soon. I want to see the third one, I really do. I don't yeah. care that it bombed. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, I don't care they're funny, but they're, they're parodies of all the movies all these guys made in the 80s. That's why they're great. There hasn't been that kind of action movies for a while that are fun like that. That's true. I think one of my favorite 80s action movies would be the Van Damme movie. I think it was called Sudden Death, where they're like, hell, oh, there's a hockey arena that's being held... Uh, Hostage and oh my god! Remember I've seen that, that movie. Yeah, he's like crawling around to the rafters of the stadium, like making all these bombs out of shit he's finding around the. <laughs> so Pulling the Groovers. But... Oh, oh yeah, my god. The Groover. <laughs> anyway, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I wonder uh, when was the last time you watched that movie. I assume it doesn't hold up. 
No, <laughs> no, they don't hold up. But <laughs> but they're they're fun to watch anyway. I mean, they're fun on the same level the Expendables are. You don't sit down expecting, you know, a masterpiece movie. Yeah. You expect to laugh and to. I don't know, get an injection of testosterone or something. <laughs> cheering for him with the big, yeah. cheap explosion. Well, big big explosions done for no reason, really. <laughs> go, Sylvester, go! Terry right. Crews walking around with that shotgun just screaming. <laughs> I love Terry Crews, though. Yeah. He's funny. He played this rapper in a movie called uh, Puff Puff Pass with Danny Masterson. I think it was like a straight-to-DVD movie. It wasn't very good, but he played this wannabe rapper who called himself the Ice Cold Killer. And he, he just see him around town just trying to rap like, I'm ice cold killer. My rhymes are thriller. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for the rumor mill. The rumors. Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. yeah. The rumors. All right. Not much to talk about this week. There was slim pickings <laughs> in, uh, online. So let's just jump right into our comic Reviews or the part where we talk comics. Who wants to go first? I'll go first this week. You go first this week. I got uh, the Rocket Raccoon, his uh, standalone series that just came out well, last month. I think it was issues one and two's out now. I don't know if I want to keep going or not. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Reading it, it's real. It's real campy, cheesy. Like I was telling you earlier, it's, it seems like it's a cross between like Bugs Bunny and Earthworm Jim. Okay. Just the real, it's real, I don't know, real, real weird humor. And it's, it, there's a lot of pop culture references. That was pretty funny. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost over the top because it's all alien world and they're talking about like recent movies coming out. Like one time he's, he's getting interrogated by a couple of uh, guards. He's sitting there, they're trying to get answers from him. But the whole time he's like, I can't, you can't handle the truth. Just giving off like oh, movie what? one-liners like that. And it was kind of funny because. The, the guards are sitting there talking. They're like, he's giving off movie one-liners. He's not going to answer us. And then all of a sudden, they looked at the table, and there's, like, empty beer cans all over the place. And they're like, where'd the beer come from? He's like, it wasn't me. So Rocket just ends up pulling out beer and getting drunk sitting there. We're running off one it was, that's It's real weird like that. But, you know, it could have been just in the hype of the movie. You know, anything they can pump out with Rocket yeah. with Guardians on it, they're going to sell. I mean, uh, they've shit, sold they've, some. <laughs> they're running. Yeah, they sold a ton of those books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're doing a second printing of the second issue already. Wow. And it just came out a, a week or so ago or something like that. They're well, even huge. on Free Comic Book Day uh, back in May, they had the Rocket Raccoon book they were giving away and a Guardians book. And from what I read online, those were some of the hardest books to find because they were the first ones that everyone went for. No, The Tick was the hardest one to find. Well, for us, it was <laughs> the hardest one to find. Because <laughs> I didn't get it. But uh, there's a couple cool parts in it, like, like sound effects in it. They're actually kind of written of what's happening like at the very beginning there's this guy that's in a, a black suit sneaking onto a ship and he sets all these explosions the guards are sitting there talking just stupid banter back and forth one because he won't go push a button and the other one is the leader because he's got a stripe and they're like well the only reason why you got the stripe is because you serve food and they're just going back and forth and then the assassin he holds up a like a detonator and it says, lifts finger, click, and then boom is written across the thing. So it's kind of neat like that. Hmm. And then, like, you see on this one, all of a sudden, there's all these ships start shooting a missile, and it's like, drop the bomb across in this. And the, and like, like the, that's the sound effect? Or? I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of funny. That's I, I was sitting there reading it, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to keep going with this series. And then it would get to a part, and I'm like, well, this is kind of funny. I might keep going. And I kept going back and forth, and by the end, I was like, well, i got to see what happens next time. It's definitely got to carry, carry a lighter tone than the actual Guardians series going. I mean, I think they're kind of marketing as, like, a comedic sidekick series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like they would do with, like, Howard the Duck or something, but... Groot's in it too. Oh, is he? Yeah, he there. He's uh, Rocket's picking up some chick, takes her into a wrestling match. Groot's actually wrestling someone. <laughs> and the girl's like, I thought you were going to take me for a date. And he's like, What are you talking about? This wrestling match is awesome. So it was. was wow. Well, check just, it out. You might not like it. You might. I don't you know. It's, I'll have to try it again. I'll just see. peek through that one before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave him here. All right. What about you, Jeff? Well. I actually haven't had time to read anything lately, but I do have a book coming up that next time I get on, I'll talk about it. It's going to be the uh, Rat Queen. It's an image comic. Yeah. 
It just came out with the paperback, if I'm not mistaken. Well, like the first issue or like the first trade's out? First trade is out. Really? Mm hmm I don't know much about it. Uh, Alex, or the source, has told me to read it, and he bought it for me before he left. You will report on it next week. Definitely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go next, Chris, or would you like me to go next? Oh, sure. I'll jump in. Sure. Oh, but I just Googled it because I was trying to remember what... How many they actually sold? They sold 300,000 of Rocket Raccoon number one. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so. That number yeah. almost makes me want to go buy one just to have one. <laughs> I want to be a part of that statistic. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, I'll at least give them credit. I would have never thought that I'd live to see the day where I could be walking around like a CVS and there was a stuffed Rocket Raccoon sitting on the shelf. That's, yeah, that's true. Very wow, true. you have you have really brought them out of the quarter bin. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, my uh, my comic thing. I I've been sort of behind on all my reading too, but I'll throw a, a, a recommendation out there for the bunker. If anybody's familiar with that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's start reading that. Yeah. That's uh, that's some good stuff. I like sort of like a losty sort of tone on it. You know, future jumping kind of thing. So yeah. if you're in a time travel y like sort of mind bending stuff like that. That's one you should definitely get into. I'm a couple behind now, but yeah, it, it sort of hooked me. And actually, friends of friends. So fun little fact: the same production company that I used to work for, Fialkov, the writer of Bunker, also worked for. Really? So we have about like ten common friends, and he's actually a really cool dude. So no kidding. Not that that you know. I don't always buy stuff from people that I like, but it sure helps. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's not an a-hole. All right, cool. How many issues are you in? Um, well, I'm pretty much through the trade. Oh, are so you? First four. So I don't think, I didn't read the last one. The fifth book. Is, isn't it on five right now? I'm one uh, by. I know, I think I know there's four. Yeah, I think five might be out by now. I only got through half the, the first one because I got to keep rereading back and forth because of the time jumping. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, you kind of got to put the effort in on the first one. Yeah. Well, how, how they actually did it, they kind of had, I'm putting, uh, you know, I'm telling his story now for him. But they originally came out on Comixology, and when they came out on Comixology, they were trying to keep prices low and make it like kind of a quick read. So they broke it up into like half pages so they could do like the guide of you thing. Mm -hmm. So they were only like 15 page stories. So then when the first comic came out and Oni picked them up, basically Joe the artist had to go through and actually put the book back together. So the first one is actually a little bit more jumpy than you would think because of the act. It's actually like four books kind of stitched together. Oh, wow. As soon as you, yeah. As soon as you kind of get through that one, like it, it smooths out quite a bit, but it's worth it. Stick with that first one. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. When I heard about it, I was looking for it and then it took me a little bit to find it and then I finally did get the first two. We almost bought that trade Saturday and I really the whole day after we came home we're like man we should have bought that we should have bought it because <laughs> Brooke's really curious to reading it too uh, I can't wait though I'm, we're going to have to get it next time we're down there well, very cool uh, the book I have this week is an image comic called Low you guys heard of that? Mm -mm. yep I read it actually. You read it? Have you heard of that at all, Chris? Yeah, I have not gotten around to it though. So it's pretty good. I it was on issue one. I thought perfect time to jump in, so I grabbed it. And it's it's about it's in the future, right, Jeff? Mm -hmm. And like the sun is expanding. Like it's about it's in the beginning stages of a supernova. The human race lives underwater in like an underwater city. And didn't didn't you say aliens also? Yeah, the way they th they talked about it, it was like aliens were invading as, as well right. as the uh, supernova, so like taking advantage of it. And it's issue one's a good setup. You get to meet the characters, uh, kind of what they do, what their function is in the city, and just a kind of a brief layout of uh, their their day to day life. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but it was really good, really freaking good. It seems like they're going to have to start looking for a new planet to inhabit or something, wouldn't you say? I don't want to spoil anything. Because I'm <laughs> thinking about it, I'm like, well, look. it kind of leaves you in a cliffhanger, too, I remember. Yes, it does. Let's see. Uh, maybe I've said too much already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's hard to get around it. It is. But the artwork in this is beautiful. Each yeah. panel looks like a, a beautiful painting, like it took some time, you know what I mean? Especially this cover. This is an alternative cover, actually. This one is? Yeah. I haven't seen the other one. It's kind of plain. <laughs> I recommend anyone out there. This one definitely is good. Check it out. It's called Low. 
with that, let's jump into Real World Heroes. Who's our hero this week, Jack? Eric Fullerton of Salt Lake City, Utah. And what has Eric Fullerton done to deserve a spot on the wall of justice? Well, a little bit of backstory. He was an ex-Vietnam paratrooper. And that's his backstory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this takes place at Arby's while he was chilling, eating some Arby's. So <laughs> this day when uh, Eric Fulton was eating his Arby's, Curtis Algier, a 27-year-old, 6-foot-1-inch, 200-pound white supremacist with the words skin and head tattooed on his forehead with a swastika to put the unibrow together, came into Arby's. He had just escaped custody from the police, um, which he brutally murdered one of the officers. Holy shit, um, really? Ended up in a high-speed chase, which he apparently dipped, dipped out on him and hit out in Arby's. <laughs> he went to Arby's. Yeah, yeah of all places. <laughs> I mean, well, where would you hide, Chris? Do you really go to Arby's? Horsey sauce. You're going to get one final meal. Arby's. <laughs> I can't think of a better place to hide, personally, but... <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, but anyway, go ahead, Jack. So Curtis ends up yelling out, everybody on the ground jumped over the counter, grabbed one of the employees in a headlock, and warned them to hold still or they'll be shot. Uh, The worker didn't hold still, so the dude let a shot out, missed the guy. It didn't say if he had it pointed at him or if it was just a, you know, I'm not screwing around kind of shot. Right. uh, After the shot happened, old Eric jumped over the counter, grabbed onto the gun, and they struggled around the kitchen for a little bit, trying to get fight over the weapon, pretty much. While fighting over the weapon, uh, the skinhead douche (laughs) (laughs) couldn't get the gun away from him, so he reached over, grabbed a serrated knife, and stuck it in Eric's throat. Oh, holy cow. But this didn't stop Eric from fighting for the gun. He ended up holding his hand on his neck to keep his bleeding down and ended up getting the gun from the dude and kept him at gunpoint until the cops came. Wow. Wow. And this guy's like, he's like 60 years old, something like that. So Jeez, not like dude. just some young dude. Not that that really matters when you get your throat cut by a right? <laughs> but he was a uh, trained professional who acted on impulse, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yep. Wow. Nothing that exciting ever happens when I go to Arby's. No, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, for that, Eric Fullerton deserves a spot on our Wall of Justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So congratulations, Eric. Nice job. Nice job indeed. All right. So what I have this week are the release dates for X-Men, Days of Future Past, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, I know last week I already had the release dates for Captain America and Spider-Man, but this week I have the special features on the DVDs that are coming out. No one-shots? No one-shots. Yeah. They, I, I did read that they were contemplating doing one with Agent Carter, mm-hmm. but they used that for the show that they're going to be doing yeah. this fall. It rolled into that show. They, de- they decide not to do it. But uh, for X-Men, Days of Future Past which comes out October 14th. Uh, you get the making of the Quicksilver scene. I cannot wait for that. Uh, what, you don't like it? No, no, I, I did. Uh, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you did see that movie? That? Yeah, I um, that scene, that scene was worth my price of admission, I thought. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And with Jim Croce in the background. Yeah. And <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, we, me and my buddy walked out of there, and we were just like, Wow. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I wanted more Quicksilver in that movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, he was so good in such a, like, subtle role. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know it's a movie, so, like, you know, you can play with logic all the time, but why wouldn't you bring him with you again? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, why did they just send him back at home? <laughs> Should have come he, with him. He obviously kicks major ass. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, maybe not babysitting instead, you know. Maybe we can... <laughs> I just want to see how he measures up to the Quicksilver they do in uh, Avengers 2. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to like this one better, but I don't think it matters really what I think in the <laughs> big scheme of things. 
people were freaking out over the uh, the Avengers footage that was at Comic Con. So I got real high hopes for Avengers too, actually. As do I. I. I just I don't know. I don't like having two quick silvers to put next to each other to compare yeah. to begin with. You know, I feel like that shouldn't be. I w- just wish Marvel had the rights to X Men. Yeah. As do they, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. They got to be sitting there going, "Oh, Spider Man, come on, come back." To the <laughs> they could be doing it so much better. Yeah. With the streak they're on now with all their other movies, yeah, they're all just getting progressively better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday. Keep your fingers crossed. <clears throat> uh, also, Rogue deleted scenes are going to be in the special features in oh, a pack right. one scene. Yeah. Because she was supposed to play a much bigger part in the like the future scene. Like, Instead they were rescuing the yeah, they were rescuing her from the prison or something. So yeah, it was, it was supposed to be an integral part, right? But they ended up cutting it out. They just kept her in the very end, the uh, cameo at the very end of the movie. It was so nice to see her. Then I was yeah. surprised. I was like, I thought they were. I thought they didn't think she was going to be in it. I was so taken by seeing Kelsey Grammer, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I was like, Holy <laughs> shit! That little last scene was really good. There, I actually liked that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. They kind of like. If they can, if they want to go down that path again, they've essentially like rebooted the franchise within the franchise. That's like Star Trek when they oh, did yeah. that whole thing too. I love the X Men movies, with the exception of Origins. That was awful, but the rest of them have been pretty good, I think. I Jeff over here uh, <laughs> sneering at me, but taste on that turd again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're also going to get a gag reel from the movie. I think that's pretty standard. Uh, there's going to be a double take, or excuse me, it, it's a feature called Double Take, Magneto and Xavier, which it looked like it was going to be finding the younger versions to play the older versions and having them in the same movie. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. In Days of Future Past, young Magneto and Xavier versus yeah. old. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Like, yeah, comparing them, how they came up uh, with the characters. At least that's what it looked like. Uh, there's another s- feature called Sentinels for a Secure Future. So I don't know if that's going to be the making of the Sentinels or if it's going to be like some of the Trask videos they had actually in the movie. It's like a little short feature had to go along with it. Right. You know how like in the background, like on the TVs, they were showing all those tra- Trask commercials, excuse yeah. me, where it showed the Sentinels and for a brighter tomorrow kind of thing. <laughs> but And also uh, Trask Industries gallery of like pictures to look at. All the X-Men DVDs features have been consistently good. There's, you know, a yeah. good couple hours of uh, material to watch on there. As far as Captain America Winter Soldier goes, which comes out September 9th, you're not going to get much on this one. The making of the movie and some deleted scenes. It was originally supposed to carry the one shot of uh, Agent Carter, but no such luck. I know one of the deleted scenes is uh, uh, Black Widow talking to Robert Redford a little bit more. Oh, really? But they, yeah, that little thing they had going on towards the end. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a little bit more in-depth. I can't wait to watch that movie again. Yeah. That was so good. Did yeah, you see that one, Chris? Oh, yeah. Good flick. And Definitely. I, what I also really liked about it, too, like, I thought Falcon, they were either going to, like, I don't know, he was just going to kind of be, like, an aside or whatever, just to kind of get the character in there. But I actually really like how they treated that character and gave him enough meat that... You know, you actually walked out like, wow, that was cool. I like what they yeah. did that character, too. Wasn't like Angel from X2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Gambit in Origins. Yeah, yeah it right. It was so awful. It was yeah. just so they could mm-hmm. have him there for a few minutes. Yeah. So that one I felt like they, they really gave some some good parts, too. And I actually really like what they did with Black Widow in that film, too. Like, I felt like she kind of took a step forward character-wise, too, you know? Right. Definitely a good movie. I cannot wait to watch it again. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Hail Hydra, indeed. <laughs> and, you know, again, this is this is Marvel magic at work, just like Rocket Raccoon showing up at CBS. Did you ever think, spoiler alert, that Robert Redford would ever say Hail Hydra in a movie? I mean, come on. No. <laughs> or Gary Shandling. You know? Like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. they just, they've, they've just, they're on a roll, like you said, and I'm enjoying watching, so... Did you see uh, Guardians? Yeah, yeah, I loved so, it. So you saw the end scene with Howard the Duck? Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> you know, that's a perfect example. You know, I think a lot of people would probably like to see it come back, but I think with the way Marvel's going now, they could bring it back and have it be a huge success. Probably could. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're minting gold, basically. 
<laughs> well, and the other thing that, you know, is also really good for them. A lot of people have said, like, after Guardians, like, oh, they have a formula now, and they're really good at their formula. I mean, if you think about Captain America, like, that's a completely different type of movie than when you go and see Guardians. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, one's a very, like, very much a political thriller and, like, kind of very serious and down to earth, and the other one's just, like, wacky because you're looking at a raccoon getting drunk in a bar, you know? Sure. Well, even with Thor, it was a, um, like, a mythology movie, something like more fantasy. Right. One really good thing they do is they bring the feeling of the comic book onto the movie screen. You know what I mean? Where you have, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Rocket Raccoon carries a comedic pitch you know yeah. which lends to the dancing in the movie the soundtrack you know with all the old uh like 70s and 80s rock songs you know they wouldn't do that in captain america or <laughs> any of those other movies they carry a whole different tone and i love that they they do that because i think in the failed attempts in the past when people have tried to make uh like original punisher or uh what it was else? just a superhero movie Right. They just dress a person up to look like that hero, yeah. throw them in front of a villain, and expect it to be good enough. And it's not. <laughs> like the 80s Spider-Man, or was it, or late 70s Spider-Man. There was really no known villain. It was just him running around being Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be really excited to see what they do with their magic universe now. Like Doctor Strange and stuff. Oh, yeah. That'll Apparently be really that's, interesting. I guess that's not even supposed to get, it's not even going to be an origin. Really? Yep. I was reading that today, but I didn't think that was really as much newsworthy. Is uh, Mephisto like one of Doctor Strange's main villains? I'm not sure. I think for th- I think he's under the Spider-Man banner. Is he really? Yeah. I think the um, the one that I heard a couple rumors around town was Dormammu, was who was going to be the um, the guy he was going. All with. right. And we had read Joaquin Phoenix was going to be. Doctor Strange, yeah. didn't we? I'll see it. I don't know a lot about Doctor Strange at no. all, but um, well, if they do it right, it'll be good. You won't have to really know them to watch it. Same with Guardians of the Galaxy. I went into yep. it knowing very little, other than what had been pumped into my brain the few months before <laughs> the movie came out. But uh, you know, I loved it. Special features on Amazing Spider-Man Two. Now, this is kind of messed up. So the Blu-ray and the DVD both get four deleted scenes with commentary by Mark Webb and uh, filmmaker commentary. Also, the music video for It's On Again by Alicia Keys. I can see you're excited. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you have exclusive uh, features to Blu-ray and DVD. Now, if you buy the Blu-ray copy, you get nine additional deleted scenes... You also get a huge in-depth documentary called The Wages of Heroism, The Making of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it's an in-depth look at the development of the movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you pretty much start at concept for all the characters, how they brought them to life, making the movie, all the way up to the release. It looked awesome. There was like nine parts to it. I think it was well over an hour long. They talk about why they made uh, Rhino a mech. I hope they do. I want an explanation. the reason why, yeah. (laughs) They can get ridiculous with everything else, but they got to keep the rhino a little too uh, grounded in reality. So, okay, he's got to be a robot. Surely you couldn't have this big guy run around, but we can have this little green guy on a glider. <laughs> a big a see-through blue guy shooting lightning all over the place and flying in, but you can't wear a right. guy wear a rubber suit with a rhino horn on his head. <laughs> that's believable, but the rhino, no. Okay, so that's what's exclusive to the Blu-ray copy. Exclusive to just the DVD... Brace yourself to be excited. The new public service announcement for the World Orphans Foundation, featuring Andrew Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? That was listed as a feature. Wow. So, I'd say go with the Blu-ray on this one. Well, I was going to go buy a Blu-ray player, but not now. No, you you want the Blu-ray in this situation. I want Andy Garfield giving PSAs. (laughs) (laughs) To hell with that documentary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, that's all I had on that. So let's move on. You had a, you had something on Star Wars, right? Yep. Apparently, this project has been underway for a while, but it's been a, a challenge because of the original negatives have been damaged in some of the movies. And what I'm talking about, the Star Wars trilogy coming out on Blu-ray, totally unaltered. That means none of the uh, 
when they put oh, all yeah. the new CG like stuff in the late in there. 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the original versions. Now, that's how they make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need some more. Well, they will make money because didn't Lucas uh, say he wasn't going to release them again? Like he, after he, he released them in the like 90s or something? Well, with this, he never said they were going to be on Blu ray at all, but then they did. They just came out on Blu ray not too long ago with yep. the Ewoks bleaking, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blinking. As, yeah. as weird as it sounds, I mean, you think it would look normal, but it looked weird. It's I creepy. think kind of all those CG ads look really weird now. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And at the time, it was kind of cool. I mean, because the whole CG world of CG was fairly new being introduced. So to see those added scenes, but they do not hold up well. Yeah, see, that's the that's the main thing. Is like it's funny because you watch the movie and like the stuff from the seventies holds up, and like the CG from the nineties doesn't. Exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> all right. The static shots are all right. The like what? when they're on Tatooine, it'll show like the not the cantina, but the Mos Eisley's the space station, where it just shows it. You see a couple of dubats walking. Oh, from yeah. the distance. Yeah, that works. Like the aerial but, view. Yeah. Well, but I, the I other don't. Stuff, yeah, the the stuff that I like too is like how they cleaned up the mats and stuff like that's okay that's just helping the compositing and stuff like that like sure, that's yeah. cool but i i actually uh the, they'll get me if they put that out and it's all unaltered i want to see those versions again exactly especially since when i got the new edition ones and i watched uh, empire after the first trilogy was released and at the very end when luke is burning darth's body and yoda and obi-wan oh, show yeah. up and then Christian, whatever is. Oh my God! Hayden I was Christensen so mad. Oh yeah. yeah, the Hayden Christensen's showing up in that scene is like, I might as well have gotten punched in the face when I seen it. And it I've never awful. gotten mad about stuff in those movies. I I took them. I'm like, okay, but that one, I got up out of the seat and was just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm walking out of this movie. I'm so mad. The credits start to roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adding in the no was kind of cheesy too. The what? Then he add in like uh, when Darth Vader's like getting dropped down there, he's like, "No!" Oh yes, did when, they? At the end of the third one, the Revenge of the Sith, when oh, okay, when yeah. they first put him in the outfit, and where's Padme? I'm afraid in your anger, you killed her. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was bad. Breaking his shackles, and it was like a old Frankenstein, Frankenstein kind of yep. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was still the best of those three. Yeah, it was. I gotta say, I enjoy that one still. Well, it had the nostalgia factor because then you got to see dots being connected, so that was cool. For sure. Yeah, I was wondering that whole movie, and then they finally wrapped it up in like the last fifteen minutes of everything, but it worked. I wasn't a big fan of the uh, Obi Wan and uh, Anakin fight. <laughs> I just like I loved you. Well, not even that. I, I like that <laughs> stuff. It, it adds more depth to the character. I'm just talking about, like, how they start on the landing pad fighting. They work themselves down a hallway into a control room, break the panels, which turns off these force fields, which somehow they end up outside on this limb above lava. I mean, <laughs> then at fighting. that point, I'd be like, hey, you know, maybe we should fight over there. That way, at least one of us wins, you know? They're cruising <laughs> down the lava river on buoys, fighting against each other. Yeah. yeah. It's like, God damn, how, how <laughs> ridiculous are they going to get with this? But uh, overall, it was good. I wish the Yoda and uh, Palpatine fight would have been a little bit, uh, not, I guess not longer. I guess it was long enough. Just it didn't it didn't quench my thirst, I mm. guess. I want more craziness. I did want more craziness. Yeah. I wanted to see what he did in episode two amped up. Anyway, old news. Who cares about that <laughs> shit? We got episode seven coming out. Yeah, there okay. you go. Those, uh, the redesigned helmets I've seen were pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Have yeah, you seen them, Jeff? Right. Yeah, they're, I don't have any complaints with them at all. And uh, it's, not a, it's also not a BS buy photo. I actually know some people at Disney, and that's it's a legit shot. That's actually what the Stormtroopers look, at, look like. Showing Jeff oh. a picture of them right now. They're very awesome. sleek. Yeah. I saw it was a picture on Twitter that showed like where it started as a clone. They went to the, like, Attack of the Clones clones to the Stormtrooper. Oh, like the, the evolution ones. of yeah. the Trooper. Yeah, it was a really cool picture. That'd be cool to see. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'll have to put on Twitter that picture of uh, Mark Hamill outside of the, the building where they're filming oh, yeah. with his big Jedi beard. Yeah. 
have to put that on there. I like I the Jedi beard. Like he's transitioned now to like old man Jedi. I yeah. Like yes. Yep. The master. There's also leaked photos of a uh, Han Solo and a couple of getups that he might be wearing in the movie. Really? All it is is just drawn concept art of Han Solo wearing like a different outfit than usual. Instead of the usual vest and white shirt. Yeah, I was gonna say after it's not anything to be like, Oh my god, that's what he's gonna be wearing? After 30, 40 years that vest and white shirt have to be getting pretty grubby. <laughs> Change that shit. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like when you put those characters back in it, like one line from Han Solo and it's worth my like ten fifty to go. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> like you got it. You win. Just the uh puppetry being done too i mean we, we'd seen a picture of it looked like a dewback or something that was the whole thing was a puppet being run by like mm. a big crane or something uh then there's been clips of some of the puppets he's got running around like the uh the stores in tatooine they look awesome they yeah. al- they already beat the ass off the cg stuff they were doing in the first three they made you know i'm excited i can't wait the goal for the unaltered Star Wars trilogy is hoped to be released by the or before Episode Seven. Oh hell yeah! They'll they'll release it real close to it and they'll cash in on that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm afraid I'll have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bought a series. Well, the trilogy. Well, the sectology. Whatever. I don't even have the first three. I've got like three versions of the four, five, and six. I need to update them. I've got them. And I swear, it's been a long time since I put them in my DVD player, but I swear on there there was a way to watch, like, the the newer ones they did in the 90s with all the CG editions, and then there was a way to watch without. But mm. I don't remember. I need to look into that. Otherwise, I'm not going to buy these new ones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else on that? No, that's it. All right. Well, let's jump over to Chris, and let's talk about RoboChuck a little bit. Hey, there you go. I'm really excited to talk about this. I've been excited all week. I've been telling Jack because I really enjoy this book and uh, just really excited to hear from you and hear exactly, you know, uh, how it came to be. So thanks for being with us. Oh, yeah. No, it's been fun. So tell us about RoboChuck, man. How did it come to be? Where did these characters come from? All right. I'll try and tell it in an entertaining fashion. Because <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, like, the characters themselves like RoboChuck, where I actually made the model when I first moved out here and I was trying to actually get, you know, paid and stuff. I was trying to find a, out, out here being L.A. Um, sure. I was trying to just make food money, make mortgage, make all that kind of fun stuff, make rent, whatever. And um, one of the things I just happened to, like, fall into was doing graphic design. Like, I worked at a production company and the editor, like, walked out and then they were like, do you know how to do this stuff? And I was like, well, I like art and stuff. And then they paid for me to go like learn how to do title design. Oh, wow. Which is actually what I, I do now. So I do like Nat Geo show opens, uh, show logos, graphic packages, things like that. So that's kind of like the day job. Wow. So when I was, uh, yeah, I, I worked, I, I worked on a few pretty cool shows over the years. Uh, my most recent one that I'm working on is a show for, for Nat Geo. It's the second season of building wild. Um, I'm not sure when it's going to actually start airing. Yeah, the guy who hosts it, he was one of the hosts on Extreme Makeover. So I'm doing like all the, you know, when they build like a, a house or anything, like I, I do sort of like the blueprint graphics right now. So that's really? kind of, that was actually what I was working on previous to, to coming on and chatting with you. Um, so anyway, when I was trying to like actually get those jobs, a lot of people were asking me to do like character designs or like, hey, can we have this like like a character pop up and like, you know, do something so we can, you know, use it as a bump or there's a lot of like character animation that's sort of hidden animation and in, in like advertising too. Like Mrs. Butterworth is like a CG character, you know. So there's a lot of if you're trying to go for those kind of jobs, like there's a lot of work. So anyway, the first character that I actually designed was Robochuck. And that was, you know, I was just sitting there kind of playing around and and just learning how to use the software. And then he was the first model that I actually made. So, of course, first model that I made, first thing that I knew how to animate, I stuck him on my reel. So I actually got work off of it, too, which was kind of cool because a lot of people were like, wow, you can do character stuff, too. So that was that's one sort of path on the uh, coming up with the comic. And then the second path is... One, I'm just like a huge comic book fan. I actually moved out to LA to write 
and I actually moved out here because I got a little, uh, I had a script option. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, become famous and all, you know, all that stuff. So about the time when I had moved out here, uh, that was when like the whole CG thing was really kind of starting to happen. Right. Like they were, Pixar was a few movies in, DreamWorks was still kind of trying to make like 2D animated movies and stuff. And the last movie that they put out, I think it was, um, God, what was the Brad Pitt one? Brad Pitt, he was like the Prince of Egypt or something. Oh, uh, Vipers, no. God, Vipers Groove or something like that? No, that was Disney. No, was but Disney. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't God, I can't. what the name of it was. Well, insert, uh, you can cut yourself in after having Google searched it. Brilliant answer. <laughs> oh, yes, that's the movie. Um, so anyway, after that, after that happened, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who runs DreamWorks, uh, he had a quote, and I think it was in the New York Times, and it was basically something the effect of, I think, the days of a traditional animated movie or a traditional story being done with traditional animation is likely a thing in the past. So that was his quote. So when, like, the head of DreamWorks says that, I kind of was like, wow, okay, that's, that's kind of interesting. So I was doodling that night, and I just did, like, a one-panel comic book or just a one-panel comic, and it was, um, it was basically Inksplat who's one of the characters in the one of the characters in the book and he was sitting in an unemployment line and he was being handed an unemployment check by a CG character. <laughs> and that was it. That was the whole cartoon and I was like that's I want to do something with that eventually. So you know, like any good inspiration, like I had a great idea and I was like I'm going to do this and then I ended up getting too much work and did nothing with it for like 3 years. Right. Because that's what you do with creative projects, obviously. <laughs> Don't I know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I was sitting at Comic-Con a couple of years ago, and I was going to all these panels, and I happened to catch one sort of by accident, and the panel was on, like, creator-owned properties or, like, self-publishing kind of stuff. And pretty much everybody to a T, like, was just going down the list, like, you know, hey, things have changed, like, there's... You know, there's different avenues to get your book out there. Like, all you got to do to be a published author right now is just do it. All you need is a story. So I was like, hey, I got this idea. And in that span of three years, because actually it was probably more like five, you know, I would pick it up and set it down. And I always thought I was going to do it as like an animated film. So I had all these storyboards. So I had a lot of like artwork. I had a lot of the, the things mapped out. But over the course of that much time, like it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So then it was like it turned into like a 22 minute animated short. And realistically, you're not going to animate a 22 minute short by yourself, really. I mean, unless right. really just hardcore dedicated and sort of crazy or have no life. Which I do. It takes like, so much know, time. Yeah, to don't have, yeah, I don't have a life. But, it, you know, I still didn't do it. Um, so yeah, anyway, I was at Comic-Con and then like all those people were doing that and I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I love comic books so much. Like, I was the sucker kid who bought like 50 copies of X-Force, number one, because they were going to be worth so much. Like, <laughs> comics owes me something, right? <laughs> so, so then I just, uh, I, I went home, I, I registered the domain and I, I started working on RoboChuck. And then what was really cool a few months later, actually, that's when Comixology and um, they announced that Submit was out. They were going to do the Submit portal, and they were selling so many books that you know, pretty much instantly, you had this great gateway to like put yourself out all over the world. Right. So that was really inspiring too, because it's like sometimes when you you know you're doing your indie book, it's like you know the 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 thing that people don't usually tell you in the indie comic book handbook is that like, you know, every sale is important. <laughs> right. You know, don't like, don't, don't sit there thinking you're going to sell 300,000 issues because your comic is so great. Like, you know, you, you really have to work to establish a brand and, and really have to work to, to put yourself out there. It's like this show. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, you know, that's working too. So, yeah. um, so far, but yeah, so it was just like this cool way to actually like you didn't have to, you know, by going through like Comicsology Submit, like you can still get those nice press hits, like you still get nice coverage, um, and you don't have to put up a lot of upfront print costs. So I just I heard that and I was like, all right, it's finally time to like write this story, 
And then since I wasn't worried about like, oh my God, how am I going to animate this stuff? Then I could like all those ideas that I had pretty much like tossed away because they just wouldn't fit in a short film. Right. I got to actually now, you know, write and sort of expand upon and I can, you know, pretty much take it wherever I want to go at this point. So it's been fun. It's so been real sh- fun. You know, that's kind of the genesis of it anyway. So a short film was made. Uh, no, it, it, it only got to the storyboard part. I probably animated a couple of, like, you know, if I really dug in old files, I might be able to dig up, like, a minute or two of footage, but it's all it was all just mainly animatic stuff. For the people who don't know, for our listeners who don't know, this book is about uh, CG characters and a uh, cartoon-based world that are coming in and taking over, taking all the jobs, leaving all the two-dimensional characters off to the side, uh, you know, out of work and looking to retaliate. And the one thing I love about this book, Chris, is Don Massherder. (laughs) (laughs) The guy cracks me up because he looks and, well, I can't say that he acts, but he looks exactly like John Lasseter from uh, Pixar. There might be a resemblance, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ever so slight. Yeah. (laughs) But have you ever had any, uh, like, backlash on the way Pixar's, uh, like, portrayed in the book? Like, do people ever get on you about that? Or is that, like, is that how you feel about Pixar? Well, not, uh, I mean, I, you know, full disclaimer, I love Pixar movies. Like, the first, (laughs) the first ten minutes of Up, like, I can't get through it without crying. Like, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. Like it's like the amount of emotion that they they pack into some of their movies is is pretty incredible. Like they make good films, so that's that's the full disclaimer. But it's just you know I, I never had anybody give me any kind of backlash at all. Like most people are just kind of like, oh, that's funny because I mean it's pretty tongue in cheek. Like I'm not, it's not like quite a full on down with uh, down with Pixar themselves kind of thing. Right. Sure, it's more just kind of you know, playing off of just sort of nostalgia and, and all that kind of thing. I mean, a lot of people make the the parallels like uh, Who Framed Roger Rap. I think even you guys did when you talked about it on the podcast. I, I don't remember. That it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like playing with that same thing. Like, it's sort of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit updated almost. Because in that, you know, in that one, it was actually kind of more like in that film. Not that I ripped it off, mind you. This is just me. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, in that one, it was kind of like the old cartoons and fun was being replaced by industrialization and the building of a freeway and, you know, strict rules and all that fun stuff. Right. So this is just, you know, it's kind of just playing with sort of that same, you know, theme. And then uh, another, um, I always bring this up. And again, like I said, I didn't rip this off, I swear to God. But there's uh, there's a scene in there that always stuck with me. Like one of my favorite scenes ever in a movie was uh, was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And um, Betty Boop is walking around. She's serving, uh, she's selling cigars. She's yeah. just like, cigars, cigarettes, cigars, cigarettes. And then she stumbles upon Eddie and Eddie looks at her. And he's like, and she looks at him and she's like, boop, boop, be doop. See, still got it. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you still got it, Betty. And it's like, I just like, it like ripped out my mind as a kid. Like, oh my God, what's Betty Boop really doing right now? Like, that's like, it's sad. So it always, you know, I always liked sort of those ideas that that was playing with. And it always just really stuck with me. So of course, when I, you know, got a chance to do something on my own. I wanted to kind of bring up that stuff. And of course, you know, you always, I'm sure you just look at things with fond recollection, but I mean, I remember seeing like Beauty and the Beast when I was a kid and it's just like, wow, this is like incredible. Right. You know, some of those cool, like, you know, American animation like that. It's just, it's, it's awesome stuff. And it's, it's, you know, kind of a thing of the past. I mean, it still exists. Like there's the DC direct-to-video movies and sure and stuff like that but it's just not quite that same like event of like oh my god lion king's coming out and like exactly it seemed like every summer disney had a huge you know 2d movie they were going to be pushing and that's all you heard about they hold on to them if if it's if you miss that time you have to wait for them to release it again oh you mean like on dvd yeah yeah Yeah. i just mean like 
like for instance when the lion king was in theaters you know i mean it seemed like they only put out like one big movie every summer one big 2d movie i mean remember it being aladdin and then was it like pocahontas uh Lion King, there's some other sprinkled in there. I think I lost interest around Hunchback of Notre Dame, but <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't really see that anymore. Uh, no, not really, huh? Yeah, and there's almost this weird, like, I don't know why, but there's almost this weird oversaturation kind of, of CG films that come out. Like, yes, how many animated yes. films come out, came out last year, and it's like some of them just kind of get, you know, they kind of just slip through the cracks. And some of them are just not worth watching i, I yeah, just saw yeah, a trailer for uh what, there's what a that? lot of truth in that what was the one we saw a trailer for on ninja turtles the box gnomes oh box, box gnomes troll. or trolls or, or box yeah. trolls that's it yeah. that that looks horrible that looks like that's gonna fit in that criteria but i could be wrong it could be a sensational hit i didn't think those little uh yellow minion bastards would be <laughs> popular but <laughs> fucking everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about bringing RoboChuck back in movie form? Oh, sure. Is it something you think will ever happen? Well. Too early to tell? Yeah, probably too early to tell, to be honest with you. But, I mean, you know, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, like, you just never know what's going to hit or what's going to, like, if you get that meaning, you know, what somebody's going to really spark to. Sure. You know? So, uh, but definitely, I mean, you know, you always have to be open to to anything, really. Right. I mean, TV show, web series, you know, whatever. At, at least at this point, like, I've sort of trained myself after I've had, like, other projects that sort of almost went and then didn't go. And this thing was going and this person was attached to this and now I'm on this pilot and this and that and... You know, I, the little known fact to people outside of L.A. a lot of the time, when I was working at Paramount, they basically had rows upon rows upon rows of all the, like, files and projects that were in development. Of those, about six got turned into a movie a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like, maybe they did eight movies. But, you know, there's, there was probably, like, 200... I worked in legal files. Very glamorous. Ah, ha, ha. But, um, yeah, it's... It, but it, it does, it kind of like, it was a cold, like, dose of reality when you walked in there and it's like, eight movies are getting made this year. Isn't that crazy? We made eight. And it's like, yeah, but there's like 400 files in our room. Like, <laughs> Jeez. Okay. You only wow. went with eight? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, it, it it's just, that's, that's just how it goes, you know, you... So it's like, would I love that? Obviously, that would be really cool because then you get to share... Uh, with even larger groups of people, your story and all that stuff. And then the really fun part, obviously, if it got picked up with by a studio or something, then you get to work with a whole bunch of talented artists that, you know, just can generally take, like, your roadmap and actually make it look gorgeous and beautiful and all that other stuff, so. Well, your book does look beautiful, man. I got to tell you that. It's been one hell of a read. I can't wait to read more. Now, we have issue three coming out on Comixology this Wednesday the 20th. Is that correct? There you go. So everyone, go to Comixology, pick up your copy of RoboChuck. By the time this is out, it'll already be available. It so. came out yesterday. Oh, yeah, it came out yesterday in <laughs> relation oh, yeah. to when this post. Yes. Oh, sales have been great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our work here has done. <laughs> All right. Chris, I want to thank you again for being on the show. And um, we're going to have links up on our website for people to go check out RoboChuck and get their own copies. What else do we have on the website there, Jack? Show recaps, videos, well, trailers, uh, the Candare game, comic, and movie store. Oh, yes. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod. And uh, leave us some reviews on iTunes, people. We love hearing what you're thinking. Anything else, gentlemen? That's it for this week. All right. Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And I'm Chris Callahan. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See you. Are you really a rapper? Hells yeah. I spit that lethal shit, son. Uh, uh.
uh, 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 Spill it. Shit's nice, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right, yeah, look here, uh, Dice Dealer. We no, no, Ice Killer. It's, it's Ice Killer. Cool Crush Ice Killer. Cool Crush Ice Killer. All right, 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 right. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately 7 minutes. <laughs>